Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast about the A&E show Base Motel. Tonight, we will be discussing Unbreakable. watching this on my laptop I watched it on the TV the night of and then yesterday I watched it on the laptop and it always at the bottom had that unbreakable and all I could think of and the whole time watching it I kept thinking of that um Kimmy Schmidt song <laughs> theme song unbreakable. Oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> I love the theme song of that show <laughs> they did like a mashup of a a bad internet viral video of a weird neighbor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You think of her and her mm-hmm. pink pants and yellow sweater. Yeppers. <laughs> <laughs> so yay, we're uh, glad to be back. Sorry about last week. I was really busy, but we got a podcast out at least. Not one for Angel, but... Oh, yep. Yeah, but we, uh... We almost had to record it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It totally cut off. My recording of it cut off at the 30-minute mark. So I text Sue. I'm like, Sue, I hope you recorded the other one. And, you know... I was at work, so I couldn't check. It was totally great that we had that one problem months back when we had time to re-record and it was just a Buffy one so whatever we did it at our leisure we pulled Paul on to guess so it wasn't like totally trying to rehash mm-hmm. where this week there was just no way we no just, of all the weeks it was a horrible week to re-record and so just was so great that we learned our lesson that time a few months ago and now we've got the double recordings going on you're recording tonight right i was just gonna check <laughs> <laughs> anyway so sue was able to pop it off to me she found it after having some scary moments of her own trying yeah. to find it on her computer because she's never had to locate them and then it wouldn't open up well i knew where it was because i've got the thing right on my desktop and but just clicking on it it just would not open <laughs> And so I was panicking, finally just restarted my computer, started it back up, and boom, it opened. And I was like, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're recording. So so yeah, that worked because Emily had her big auction dinner thing a couple days later. We just wouldn't have been able to record it again. <laughs> No, there was a time where we thought we'd have to, and I thought I had a few hours Friday morning, 
but in the meantime of figuring it out, I totally couldn't didn't have those few hours. But then I I tripped over Scout's scooter, <laughs> running to my first appointment Friday morning and sprained my ankle really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually ended up canceling some things to lay down <laughs> and put it up in the middle of the day. So we could have. But instead, I was able to um, edit. edit it and get it out. Nice. So, so yay. Well, it all worked out. We raised a lot of money for Scout School. I'm glad it's over. Eleanor School. Yes, Eleanor School, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's over, and this week's a little more relaxing, and I've been able to baby my ankle a little bit, and it's getting better. Well, nice. And I, starting tomorrow, have a whole week off. Mm. Wow. I know. That's nice. I was so antsy at work today. I was like, I just want to go now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, <the> worst. <laughs> that last day before a week off is the hardest. <laughs> it is hard. You just taking a spring break? Yeah, well, we always go camping Easter weekend. That's the we launched the camp season Easter right. week, and so I decided I always like to take a day off before we go and a day off after. And we're coming home Sunday. I thought we were going home Monday. So I had taken Tuesday off. And then noticed that Wednesday was up for a vacation day. And I was like, well, I'll take Wednesday off too. <laughs> Why not? Make it a week. <laughs> so, so, yeah, now we're coming home Sunday. So I get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off to just chill. Show your own ass. Show my own ass. I'll probably go get the garden ready because I think I'm going to be planting my tomatoes here pretty quick. Yeah, I'm going to still wait till May, but I don't I've, know. I've planted my peas and I planted my carrots. And... Yeah, that's what I need to do is those beets, peas, and carrots. I planted all my early spring stuff. Yeah. And I also, I saved, here, how's this? <laughs> Okay, so, small little story. Last year, last summer, my mom was in downtown Salt Lake and saw this, like, heirloom tomato-growing hipster and totally, like, made friends with him. Like, they exchanged addresses and phone numbers. <laughs> I know, like, my mom drove past their house just doing something else, and she's like, stop the car, George! <laughs> <laughs> And she knew Scout and I like to grow heirloom tomatoes because tomatoes are like Scout's favorite food. And so, you know, for a little girl that loves tomatoes, what's better than all these weird heirloom tomatoes that are like purple and pink right. and weird shapes and whatever? It's fun. So we've been doing some heirlooms for the last few years. And so my mom knew that. Anyway, she saw this cool one and the guy gave her like a plant and she cut open a water bottle she had and saved this plant and then continued to walk around all day with this little plant for me. And anyway, so I planted it in a container on my porch because it was late in the season. And I'm like, well, I'll just plant it and see what happens. It was the coolest plant. It was, we, Scout and I dubbed it the Nightmare Before Christmas tomato. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, like, the vine was purple and the tomatoes were this dark purple. 
It turned out to just be the skin. But anyway, it is the most beautiful tomato plant I'd ever seen. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm like, my biggest goal is to just raise one to at least almost maturity so I can take the seeds and save them and then plant it next year. And Mm -hmm. so I did. And so this winter I dried them in my kitchen and then my mom passed away. And it's just kind of neat that... I, uh, I've got, I don't know, it's just turned into, like, a little, little thing that it's like we're keeping this, you know, plant alive and propagating it. Anyway, I've, I planted those inside, you know, because I don't want to plant seeds outside. So they've sprouted last week, and I'm babying them in a little home nursery I have inside. Uh Cute. And I sent some to my friend in New York because she loved it. I put the picture on Facebook and she loved it. So now in New York, this plant's growing, hopefully, if she gets on it. <laughs> She's a big right gardener. On. So I just, I like that thought that my mom's tomato plant is like. I like that too. And you I'm can... like giving it away. There's, I've got a neighbor that really loved, she came over one day and saw the plant growing. She's like, that is the coolest tomato plant. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I'm saving the seeds. Do you want some? <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. Mom, it can be the Jane Wright Memorial tomato plant. <laughs> I know, there's so many Pippin heirloom tomato varieties. I have no idea what it is. It's just cool. <laughs> that's that's neat. Yep. Anyway, that's my tomato story. So I've got those growing inside. Cool. Uh, yeah. We should probably get on we it. We should probably get on it. Okay. So we have some feedback. One, um, where we have some comic cards. I need to start calling them comic cards again. Wait, they're comic cards. Um, one <laughs> is from Kristen. She is my sister-in-law, and it's about persuasion. She sent it after we had recorded. Um, Same day, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... But we've always said if you send in feedback from the episode before, that's fine. We'll be happy to read it. So she says, hi, Sue and M. It has been entertaining watching Buffy, but it is great to have Bates Hotel back on. Motel. Thanks for your podcast on both. You are so fun to listen to. I just watched Persuasion and really liked it. My favorite line was Norma saying, I just want to feel normal. Sadly, I imagine Norma and Norman think that often. Mm-hmm. Especially Norman in this episode having imaginary Norma back. And he was so creepy standing on the staircase arguing with Norma. I thought he was going to push her and was glad they weren't at the top of the staircase. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Ever is my that. favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might happen sometime. Yep. Emma was my favorite character in this episode. She was so sweet and thoughtful, and she looked gorgeous all dressed up, although I was worried that would bring out Norman's crazy side. I think it... We're I think worried it too. added to it. <laughs> she has it four out of five imaginary Normas. <laughs> <laughs> I love imaginary Norma. I love what she does with her face and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kristen. And thanks, thanks for Chris. coming. Thanks for coming to Elle's auction. That was nice. Oh yeah. Well, she she was just too happy to bid for that adobe <laughs> yeah she got like a six hundred dollar 
Adobe like software for a year for 200 bucks because like no one else in the room knew what they were bidding on she's like oh i'll take that i know i know and it's so funny because i registered for a bid paddle thing and then chris was like yeah i don't know if i'll be bidding anything so i'll just use yours if you know and then they announced what that was and she was just like jumps across the table and like grabs my paddle and she's like 99 <laughs> Yep, and then, yep, the auctioneer called for 210, and no one said anything, so she got it for 200, (laughs) yep, so she's excited. So, anywho. All right. Harold says, my comic card, who makes sandwiches a day in advance? (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down, too. (laughs) They had a lot of notes about the sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah, the lettuce. I mean, I'll make a peanut butter and jelly a day in advance, but who needs to do that? Because it's just like, right, it's easy and fast. <laughs> Any sandwich with lettuce, you do not make until you eat it. I know. That's... Lettuce is the worst. I know. Usually for lunch at work, I generally take leftovers, but sometimes I'll bring, I'll have a, like a sandwich week and... I put like all the stuff in like a little container and then mm-hmm. put the bread in a baggie and I make the sandwich at work. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Do you know what works though? You you can use spinach leaves and they don't get weird. They don't get soggy. Hmm. Yeah. So I've done that once or twice. I just also, cannot stand soggy bread. It freaks me out. Well, the lettuce, I don't know. It doesn't it's not the bread, it's the lettuce gets gross. Other than that, it's okay, but I wouldn't make it a day in advance, no way. Yeah. So. Although we do have a sandwich we make a day in advance in our family. The sandwich for a crowd, that's so good. Oh, yeah. That's it, a... like, I don't know. It doesn't have lettuce on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you, you make it in, like, a baguette thing, and so it, like, it only gets better. Right, and then you wrap it in saran and put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, that one. If anyone wants a recipe, we'll send it to you. Right. It's <laughs> really good. It's really good. Every time I make it, everyone's like, this is so good. I need the recipe. I've made it a couple times for camping trips. I'll make like two big ones and bring mm-hmm. them up. And it's like the perfect thing for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I get a lot of compliments on that one. Okay. Oh, my other note about the sandwich was, did you notice he was spreading the Dijon mustard on the lettuce? Yes. (laughs) I was dying. (laughs) You know, I just really think, I think he was just doing that. I don't think those were really meant for the picnic. I think he just was trying to get. He was just being an ass. Just being an ass. Or as I said on Facebook, I think a stinker. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. Yep. And I, I also wondered, does Norma ever let him cook? I could see her loving him to like be there with her while she does stuff but then i thought maybe he doesn't really know how to make a sandwich because she's so hovery that's true (laughs) do you spread the mustard on the lettuce (laughs) no spread it on the bread (laughs) or maybe that is a thing and we just do it we're the ones that do it weird (laughs) nobody spreads it on the lettuce (laughs) i will not accept that I don't accept that. <laughs> okay, enough about the sandwich. 
<laughs> we'll talk more about it when we get to the scene. Because okay. <laughs> there's more. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, so who does mother love best bit felt a bit old? Uh, Norma hasn't learned by now to trust Romero. I thought she learned that in season one. Yeah, that was weird that she wouldn't tell him about the flash drive. I could see her, it, since it's not like totally urgent at this point, I can see her just in her controlling way, just needing to know what's on it before she trusts him or shares with him. But yeah, if but it gets urgent. He was in her room looking for it. I know. And now two guys broke into the motel office looking for it, and she still doesn't want to give it to Romero. Now this is where she needs to start panicking and telling Romero. Yes. Anyway. Uh, earlier I could see it. Earlier I, I could see it, but, you know, Romero was looking for it, then two guys break in, and she's yeah. still, because Dylan's like, we need to give this to Romero, and she's like, no, no, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's weird. That's shit, Norma. This is hide the body, Norma. <laughs> yes, it is. I learned a few things. <laughs> I thought she learned a lesson. <laughs> and that you can trust Romero. Exactly. She told him that Norman was with Annika. You know she uh -huh. trusts him. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Do you, I don't know. I feel like, you know how I was joking last time that it was going to have a treasure map on it to some money? <laughs> I think yeah. she's still thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's really on board with my idea. <laughs> That's my only thing. I think you might be right. It might be something like that. Because the stuff she was telling Dylan, what if it could really help us? <laughs> you know, it just sounded like, what if it's a treasure map to a bunch of money? <laughs> well, didn't her mom just die and she turned down a bunch of money? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was weird to me. It's weird That's... to me because it seems like her mom, maybe there's a lot we don't know about her mom, but it seems like the dad and Caleb were the two worst parts about her childhood, right? Like the abusive ones. Her mom doesn't sound abusive, just kind of Checked sedated. Out. Yeah. Right. And so it's odd that she was so dismissive like that. Like, I don't I even want anything it... to do with her money. You know what I mean? I almost took it as maybe claiming some of the money meant she'd have to see Caleb for some reason. Possibly. possibly. You know, like meet with him to do the will or something, you know. Yeah. And she was just like, nope, I'd rather him just take it all. Not worth it. Right. True. Who knows? Maybe we'll learn a little more. Yep. Yeah. I think we will. Okay. Did Caleb leave a note on her car? Is his visit all about Norma, not Dylan or the drug stuff? I say a resounding yes. I kind of do too, yeah. You know, the theory about him screwing over Dylan just never sat well with me. You know, you guys have all heard me. Mm -hmm. This sits well with me. I totally rang true that he's just butt crazy in love with her, which is so gross. I know, I know. He's so messed up. That family is so messed up. Man. Yeah. What in the world is going on in those jeans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so he's just using Dylan to get to Norma, I yeah, guess. Yeah, his and lovesick puppy dog stuff. I know. It was... And he's saying this to his son slash nephew. Yeah. 
That totally what messed up. The bip. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put the bottle down, dude. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, that's some messed up stuff, and you're you're admitting it to like the product of this. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> Caleb's gotta go. <laughs> he really does. He's a horrible person. Well, I was disappointed that we never got any more of the note. I can only assume we will, but what in the world? I don't know. I was I was like, is that from him? Oh, it totally or looked a, like it. Or, or I thought it was ticket. a ticket. At first, I thought it was a parking ticket. Yeah, but the way she looks around, she reads it and, like, looks around, and, that's, and he, he kind of, like, like, sneaks over and gets in the Jeep, you know? Yeah, he was really, he needed to hide the second she saw that note, so I think it was some sort of creepy. I think so, too. Stalkery love note thing. Yeah. I think she would have been a lot more affected if it, like, this is Caleb and I'm watching you, you know, and I love you. <laughs> Please come see me. You know, she would have flipped. So it obviously was anonymous. Like a secret admirer type thing? Yeah. Yeah. I bet she, yeah. She's probably going to think it's that psych professor. Mm. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, so Norman is dating Emma to make his mother jealous. <laughs> and yep. worms there. <laughs> Maybe we should save that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Um, I would say that mentioning his mother's opinions about their having sex was worse than Norman could have said. <laughs> but that would only apply if he actually wanted to have sex with Nor- with Emma. He did not. Nope. Yeah, that's, uh... That's not good. <laughs> uh, sex craze? We all know the password is I heart Norman. <laughs> I thought she should have tried. Um, oh, what did what, she say? Feather duster. <laughs> <laughs> No, oversexed. <laughs> oversexed, that's right. <laughs> that would have been a good hashtag game, like, live Twitter while watching this, was come up with, like, other ha- other passwords that Norma may have tried. <laughs> yes, that would have been fun. Because <laughs> we saw her try a few. But then I started thinking about it, and these wouldn't be Annika's passwords, right? Wouldn't these be, like, some dude from the Arcanum Club? Well, I was kind of under the impression that it's possible that she had a minute with someone's computer, and that was her flash drive, and she oh, gotcha. okay. put it in and then grabbed all the files onto her flash drive, but... I thought she stole a flash drive, but no, you're well, right, that could no, easily have been her. But now it seems like she didn't. She took their flash driver, because if it was her own flash drive and she just had someone's computer for a second, they wouldn't even know. They wouldn't know it was missing. So I think she stole it. Unless they caught her, and she grabbed the flash drive, and it was hers, and she ran, and that's how she got shot, or something. Well, I th- I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. But um, but sex crazed could uh, have been an Arcanum Club. True. Or... True. I was just... I was waiting for her to say Arcanum Club. Although right. that'd be way too obvious. <laughs> Let's make our password Arcanum. Club. <laughs> 
it's just they'll never get it. It's just so funny that Norma would think that. I mean, Norma's the one that thinks that Attica is sex crazed. <laughs> <laughs> Annika would have been like, hmm, six curries, because I am six curries, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, good stuff. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. <laughs> All right. So our next one is from Anna, and she says, hi, Sue and M. This episode was a big one, and as per usual... I just wrote down a collection of random thoughts as I was watching, so here they are. There is so much drama going down in room four. Annika had some sketchy business in there, even for a prostitute, and I'm starting to wonder why I ever rented that room. (laughs) (laughs) Norma trying sex crazed as the password cracks me up. She truly has no filter, even when she's alone, as evidenced by the scene, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Norman peeking out of the door kind of made me laugh a little. When he gets that look in his eyes, I freeze. If I were there and Norma looked at me like that, I would turn around and run the hell out of White Pine Bay. Like, I would leave all my stuff in the motel room and run. <laughs> so which door is she talking about? Um, probably when Norma is in Dylan's room talking to him about the flash drive. Mm-hmm. And it shows Norman kind of peeking outside his door. He's listening to him. Uh, okay. It only yeah. shows, yeah, and he's... That's the only thing I can think of. Norman had some creepy, scary moments. He did. Episode. He was a creeper. <laughs> Total creeper. <laughs> um, speaking of running the hell out of White Pine Bay, that is exactly what Caleb needs to do. Yes. Actually, he needed to do it in about a season ago, but now he is way overstaying his very limited one-person welcome. I don't care if he's been bonding with Dylan or whatever. I still don't like him, and I never will. I still don't see much bonding going on between... Dylan just does not seem to want him there. I think Dylan's just putting up with it. Yeah, I agree. Although there's... I don't know. There is still a little tiny something in his eye once in a while. I think mostly he doesn't, but once in a while. I mean, Dylan... You think about Dylan a lot. I've been thinking, since this episode, I've been thinking a lot about first early season one Dylan mm-hmm. and his relationship with Norma and you know everything that happened in this episode how much he craves family affection and yeah acceptance and so there's you know as much as Caleb discuss him there's just that natural need in him to kind of have this familial bond and I think that's really what's just kind of fighting in himself right now and it's it's small it's not big right right now it really isn't but it's there i think gotcha a tiny seed of it anyway um anna says all the secretive agitated whispering it was a little distracting as as creepy as norman can be i do enjoy his sass i did like that i did too I'm trying to write an essay and all this secretive agitated whispering <laughs> <laughs> pretty 
pretty sure the best tweet award goes to Nestor Carbonell for the answer to the question, what's on Annika's flash drive? He replied, her March Madness bracket. <laughs> He's so weird, but we love him for it. <laughs> he does have some great live tweets. I wasn't on live tweeting this Monday, but I went back and read them and saw that one and laughed. That's funny. Um, I feel like that last scene with Norman telling Dylan, you betrayed mother, is really telling for the rest of the season. I think we are really beginning to see the deterioration of Norman at a quicker and more intense pace than ever before, just as he's trying harder than ever to hold himself together. Norman justified dating Emma to Norma by saying, I'm 18. I feel like it was time to start laying a foundation. So it's obviously he wants to try and do what he thinks normal 18-year-old boys do. At the same time, this is a directly contrasted with his increasingly unstable state. He has lashed out at normal multiple times and is starting to question his state of mind now more than ever. This makes for a really interesting and unsettling dynamic. And so much has happened this season considering we're only on the fourth episode. I'm interested and a little scared to see where this goes. Love the podcast and you ladies as always. Anna in room four. Yeah, I he is... Yeah, he's going downhill. Surprisingly <laughs> fast yes. for having two full seasons left. I know, I know. It's... It makes me wonder if he's going this fast right now, what the next two seasons. I mean, and then you think there's only 10 in each, so we're like at 26 episodes left of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, we're almost exactly halfway through. Yeah, next week. We'll next week half... will be the half point because, yeah, they've said two more seasons, so 50 episodes altogether of the show, so. It's, uh, yeah, this season has just been packed already, mm-hmm. and we're only episode four. It's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, it makes me question how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, because it's, Norman is definitely crumbling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Yay. Well, thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. You can remain in room four unless you want to move. Let me know. Romero kind of sneaks in there once in a while. Sorry about that. Yeah. (laughs) He thinks he owns a place. Let let us know if you want him to have a warrant next time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one's from Becca. She said, I had a lot of feels, so I'll limit my feedback to just Norman and Dylan. Okay, so I'm just going to come right out and say it. I hate Norman. There, shun me if you will. I've never particularly liked him, as I said before, but he was just insufferable in this episode. From him using Emma to try and make Norma jealous, you, to his being so afraid that Dylan was taking his place as Norman's number one boo that he would gleefully try to tear apart their newfound relationship, he was just awful. I cannot, I, I can't deny that. He was terrible. Oh, yeah. He was bad behavior. Bad, bad Norman. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. She says, last week I called it sassy pants, but he's got this really cocky attitude lately that's half unsettling and half ridiculous. I am loving the cocky attitude. I know. It's so weird. It's (laughs) It's weird. I mean, he is just really just wanting to push your buttons. I mean, that's really right. I mean, yeah. 
It's weird. He's really throwing his weight around yep. and trying to make her jealous. Dasani has really strange behaviors that I don't quite get. <laughs> I get the jealousy thing, sadly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he's doing about throwing his weight around so much about the house and ordering her around in front of people and things. I mean, sometimes that makes me think, are... is that the Norma in him saying this? I wonder the same thing. You know? I don't know. It's it's like this two Normas battling it out. <laughs> <laughs> that just blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I think we're going to see it. <laughs> oh, man. I hope he, like, does a really good Vera Farmiga impression. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so great. I bet they've been practicing already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so exciting. Because okay. there's no way they're not going to let us see that. No way. No. So, anyway. And, yeah, yeah I'm excited. Okay. She says, I'm glad Emma shut him down at the cabin. No girl ever wants to hear what her boyfriend's mother's thoughts are on our sex life. <laughs> Speaking of that, I love Norma telling Norman that she would kick his ass if he hurt an Emma. Yeah. yeah, that was cute. Yeah. And um, probably scarily foreshadowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you hurt Emma, I'll kick your ass to the moon and back. Uh-huh. We just... Hear it, yes, mother. We feel that he is going to hurt her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is going to hurt Emma, definitely. Yeah. And probably in a different way than Norma meant just then. Yeah. Okay, I knew sooner or later that Caleb's secret would get found out. Man, did my heart hurt for Dylan when it did. Holy crap, that was a moment. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't Emma who spilled the beans. I was really kind of hoping that when Caleb took his tumble, that would be the end of him, as we all were. Oh, man. <laughs> Someone make a meme of that, please. <laughs> I'd be so surprised if it wasn't. <laughs> all over Tumblr. <laughs> um... He should have told Caleb to hit the road a long time ago, but honestly, I don't think Caleb would have gone. He did tell him to hit the road, and he didn't go. Yeah. Dylan was in a tough position, and he did his best to keep it contained. I was really enjoying the scenes with Dylan and Norma this episode. I don't want to see the relationship blow up next week. Becca, a.k.a. founder of the I Hate Norman Club. Yeah, I really like the Dylan, the couple of Dylan and Norma scenes we got, and yeah, we'll talk about them later. Um, thanks, Becca. Becca also posted a theory on the Yes Mother Facebook group. Oh yeah. That spawned over thirty comments from us all, where <laughs> we all kept it pretty much about. We didn't go off tangent too much in the comments. I'm not going to read the comments, but I'll read what her theory was because I, I still think it's really interesting and I don't know. Yeah. And join the Facebook page if you want. If you want to read. Yeah. Cause I think there's like 35 comments and a couple are kind of off subject, but for the main part, it's, it's pretty, we discussed it. Um, but she put, 
on Facebook. So before the new episode tonight, I'd like to throw out a theory I have. Hopefully it hasn't already been disproved. What if Annika was undercover as a call girl? Maybe she was a reporter investigating the Arcanum Club, or maybe she knew another girl who died after getting involved with them. It might explain why she was so open about what she did with Norman. She's got to maintain her cover. What do you guys think? And a lot of us really like the theory. I like the theory. I love the theory. We're I'm a little more um, thinking along the lines of maybe not like officially undercover cop stuff. Right, but maybe more of a Nancy Drew type. Like maybe yes. maybe she had a friend, like she says, that was killed or a sister or something. And, you know. Or just, you know, was able to see stuff that was going on. And so she's, yeah, I mean, she could theoretically, you know, in, in the comments we talked about it, we kind of talked it out that she could be undercover because, you know, like Harold mentioned that there's probably, you know, there's, he doesn't think an under, undercover cop would actually have sex. Right. But at that point we didn't have any kind of indication that she actually had. Now we do kind of. Um, right. But Harold also says that, you know, if an undercover cop was killed, there would be a bigger investigation, which he's right, you know. Right, so now we're kind of thinking it probably makes more sense that she is her own, like, Nancy drawing it. Yeah, like, not in an official capacity, because I still, I don't know, I, I like the idea that there was more to Annika than just a call girl, that she was trying to do good or trying to figure something out or, you know. Which, is, which would explain, in some ways, why she... Even why she stayed at the Mates Motel? She probably, there's, do you think there's another hotel at White, White Pine Bay? Because if there is, it's yeah. probably it's that, nicer. That King's Arm or whatever that Caleb That's stayed right. at. That's right. Because she'd stay there, wouldn't she? She's loaded. She drives a Porsche. Yeah, that's but true. But I, I think she was drawn, because I think, and she said to use this for your son. Yeah. You and your son, there's something going on. Well, you thought from episode one that she I was did. up to something, you know, so. Ding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not that it's proved, but this helps my theory along. Yep. But that was a great theory, Becca. Thanks for putting that on Facebook because it really, I really enjoyed the conversation that we all and yeah, several of us, um, you know, contributed, and I love stuff like that. So join the Facebook group, people. We have some good discussions. That was a good one. So you. And Anna and Harold, of course, you guys all have your rooms, respectively, so thanks. Um, okay, so the next feedback is from Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt is one of the hosts of the Hooplecast, a podcast about uh, Deadwood. And he says, number one, I'm sure this has been brought up before, but if Norma really loves her son, why isn't Norman in therapy? <laughs> He is so obviously unhinged. Healthy people do not see a body and repeat, did I do it? Did I do it? Did I do it? (laughs) (laughs) Norma, get your son psychiatric care before it's too late. I know why he's not in therapy, because she doesn't want him to be found out to be a killer. Yep. Simple as that. I think that's... I think she's second guessing. (laughs) But she also, her mothering instincts to protect him. Right. From all of those repercussions are too strong. Yep. Mother comes first, and she doesn't. Yep. She doesn't want people to find out. Um. 
He says number two, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> uh, number three, it would have been hilarious if Attica's password had in fact been sex crazed. <laughs> yes. Number four, Norma. Random people with laptops at coffee shops are not always, always, or probably ever hackers. <laughs> Come on, Norma. <laughs> I know, I just know. Let's go to this local coffee shop. <laughs> Number five, Norman and Emma's makeout session in the dining room table gave me the Wiggins. <laughs> and it's not your house, Norman. It's your mother's house. <laughs> yep. Um, number six, bearded professor dude. You ask what's so bad about feeling emotions in public? It depends on the emotions, but I personally do not want to be involved in another person's drama. Keep the hysterics to yourself, please, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked up who bearded professor dude is. He was one of the guys on Blair Witch Project. Oh. And also on Twitter... Flora mentioned that he played Vera Farmiga's husband in a movie she directed. I think it was last year. It wasn't very long ago. Oh, yeah. You told me something that Flora had sent me on Twitter. I still never found it. I'm going to need a Twitter lesson from you next time. Yeah, you. You need some help. I am such a spaz at Twitter. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> I clicked on notifications like you did. There is nothing I could see. So, anyway. That's weird. Flora, I know you did something on Twitter for me. Emily told me, and I've been looking, and I can't find it. Well, that was the meme, and then oh, it was it was with Chick. And then, just a few days ago, she said that she bought you a book that was called People I Want to Punch in the Face. <laughs> 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 All right. Now I see you. You're giving me a Twitter 101 lesson. Well, maybe when you get your new phone and you uh, you can download Twitter on your oh yeah the Twitter app and okay maybe you can figure it out. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Okay, so um, okay, back to Matty. Number seven, mother. Do we have any Dijon mustard? Norma passive aggressively grabs the mustard and slams it on the table. I love this little scene, particularly when Norman says. So it's all about you. <laughs> Nailed it, Norman. <laughs> um, eight. I loved Emma telling Norman off after he tried to tell Emma her own limitations. Then the crack about his mother coming along with them on the date. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Whoa, Caleb fell. Please be dead. Please be dead. Please be dead. Please be. Damn it. <laughs> that is exactly what was going on in my mind. Like, word for word. Just you dead. Damn! <laughs> uh, number ten. Norman can go tattle on Dylan if he wants, but if Norma is a reasonable person, now Matt, look what you just wrote. <laughs> she, <laughs> she wouldn't mind Dylan seeing Caleb, especially if she doesn't have to be involved. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Reasonable person. Dylan has the right to forge a relationship with his father, even if his father is gross and awful. <laughs> Having said that, someone rescue Dylan from this plot, please. <laughs> I like how he said, even if his father is gross. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> 
nope, Norma is not going to be okay with this. No, she's not reasonable. And she is not reasonable. Um, things are hanging low and lazy in the chill-your-own-ass room. It didn't take me too too long to realize that the room got its name from all the marijuana plants still in stores in here. Can <laughs> someone at the front desk bring me a sleep mask? <laughs> the girl lamps never shut off. I haven't slept for two days, and I'm starting to have conversations with the plants. I've even adorned them with googly eyes. <laughs> Winston Churchill once said, the eyes are the windows of your face. All the best, Matt, from the Arizona Territories. <laughs> I just love picturing marijuana plants with googly eyes on them now. <laughs> That's kind of unsettling. <laughs> and Matt, you got to keep that down about all the pot plants. Because Norma doesn't like that stuff around her hotel. No. <laughs> she might just. Go crazy on you and call you Roof. <laughs> so yeah, keep those keep those quiet. <laughs> we don't talk about the chill your own ass room. <laughs> <laughs> so well thanks, Matt. Yep, thanks, Matt. Alright. Alright, and then we have Mike from the Body Count blog. Um, he says, sorry I fell behind last episode, but all is well here in my cabin, just changing some bulbs and using the confusingly free Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on your got... bill. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we just want to make sure you know you had it. <laughs> Isn't that what Emma says? Like, yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> just an acknowledgement that it was there for you. <laughs> Okay, anyway, I love the way Norman is throwing around his dominance, saying things like, this is my house, and taking control. Unfortunately, hooking up with Emma as some weird way to make Norma jealous kind of backfired on him, it seems. He's smart, he'll figure something out. <laughs> By the way, I read online that Chick will eventually be the boyfriend husband who... Is it supposed to say I, Norman? Probably not. <laughs> is he like a apple? <laughs> 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 Who Norman has to take care of. So we'll be seeing more of him soon. April Fools. <laughs> I like Norma and Chick. I like it. <laughs> no, no. The boyfriend is Romero. Uh, yep. I think it's got to be. Mm -hmm. He says, have a great show, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and... Okay, we got... One from Iggy. She says, good morning, Sue and Emily. I'm enjoying the Facebook group page convos. It's a lot of fun. See? <laughs> Join, people. Shout out to all my new neighbors at the B&B. This week, I will have a special guest speaker from the local bondage S&M club talk about <laughs> bondage and how to use the safe word so you don't end up floating face down at the local creek. It's not weird. Hashtag, it's not weird. Oh, man. Comments. One, poor Norman misses mommy. <laughs> I like that Dylan and Norma understand Norman's a little gray, and they help each other out for support. It must be rough for Norma. Two, let's not have a threesome because it's my sister's birthday. Best answer I've ever heard, heard as to why you cannot have a threesome. That was amazing. It was. It was awesome. <laughs> I nominate Uncle Daddy for best fall ever. 
You yes. had to replay that at least one more time. Even Dylan looked genuinely scared. It was a great fall. It was. That's why we need the meme. We need the meme. <laughs> Four, all about Norma. Let's find the computer hacker at the local Starbucks. They hang out there all the time. LOL. <laughs> Business must be slow. Can we get a fun going to fix her front bumper? <laughs> Riding in the hootie, LOL. <laughs> the best guess for the USB password, sex crazed. <laughs> Great show, Iggy, resident B&B guest. <laughs> Thanks, Iggy. Everyone seems to have liked the same things. <laughs> <laughs> the, the password is the favorite. And Caleb falling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And the hacker. Yes. <laughs> she just runs into. Yep. Well, and just okay. when you're working on a computer and some weird woman like comes up to you and wants you to plug in a USB drive into your computer, probably not a good idea to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that guy didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Although he kind of seemed to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Big joke is on us because <laughs> she was right. <laughs> Even recognize. Oh, this is a pretty good program. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of right. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth Smith is our next comment card. Dear Sue and M, greetings from the Arcanum Club. It is nice and luxurious over here. If the lights all work, there's very little taxidermy. <laughs> there's some. <laughs> Wi-Fi is included and not even mentioned in the bill. <laughs> and the peeping is all out in the open. <laughs> well, la-dee-da, over there. The swanky <laughs> club. <laughs> the only thing I don't really like is the president. Poor man's James Spader. I avoid him as much as possible. <laughs> I thought he looked like James Bader, too, in that scene. <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> but he looks um, better than James Bader does at this moment. Yeah. I still... Like James Bader ten years ago. Yeah. Or so. Anyway. Um, I I enjoy thinking of Elizabeth over there just getting into shenanigans I all by herself. <laughs> Gives me a giggle. It does. <laughs> I just see her just luxuriously just running out over there and getting into all these little shenanigans just by her lonely. <laughs> I just love that she's like, nope, not going to stay with the baits. <laughs> yes. I'll just make myself a room Funny. up here. <laughs> I don't have a spreadsheet for you, Elizabeth. <laughs> she's rogue. <laughs> Okay, thanks for the A&E app tip. I was able to watch the episode last night. Yay, I'm glad it worked for you. The best worst part was when Norman was kissing Emma and looking to see Norma's reaction. Ugh. Oh god, poor Emma. <laughs> the best best part? Well, that's in the title of the email. It says so much about Norma. Oh, we didn't read the title. Oh. Sex crazed. <laughs> <laughs> An Arcanum Club report. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time I read that. <laughs> the worst, worst part was the poignant sister rape. Attempted rape story? Ah, oh, poor Caleb, don't beat yourself up for not taking Norma's lack of interest well. Don't cry. Shh. <laughs> now go away from my screen. 
Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, overall, this wasn't my favorite episode, though it had some great moments. I'm not overly interested in the Caleb storyline, but maybe it will turn out to be interesting in the next episode. The central mystery regarding who killed Annika Lindsay hasn't quite gripped me, although I could follow Romero around on his investigation the entire episode and be happy. <laughs> I totally could do. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care, but I do like to see Romero do his investigating. <laughs> yes, and I it has gripped me, actually. It interests me. Good enough. I wouldn't say gripped, but I yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Especially if it just ends up being someone, I don't know. Or, like, you, I, I still just love your most dangerous game theory. <laughs> it's, like, my favorite. <laughs> um, so, the last email we got is from Carrie. And... I'm just going to read it because she, she pretty much gives us permission to. Mm -hmm. And she says, hi, Sue and M. I wanted to let you both know I'm going through some medical issues right now and probably won't be sending feedback until the finale. I was diagnosed with breast cancer and had a lumpectomy. They caught the whole tumor before it grew into stage three, but I will be having radiation by next week and will be pretty much out of it for a while. I have a good support system here in my family and a new cake, cupcake boy, so things are looking up. I told that cancer to chill its own ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with you all passing this info on to the podcast. I'm a survivor and plan to stay that way, but I will miss you all until the finale. Have fun with the rest of the season and chill your own ass, Carrie. Oh, man. Carrie. Effing 2015. I know. We hate 2015. And Carrie, we, really we you are a you survivor. Our, you are, and we, you have our support. And uh, I don't, I hate to bring this up, but I lost a high school friend to breast cancer this week. Well, last week. Well, she was stage four. She was, yeah. She was, and she had the kind that was the um, the red inflammation. There was no lump at all, and that's just really dangerous. Um, it's different because there's no lump to treat. Right, but, right. And she had it while pregnant, <laughs> and she survived it. She went through chemotherapy her entire pregnancy from starting from the beginning of her second trimester. She had a healthy baby, and right after giving birth, they did a double mastectomy, and a year later, she just, it came back really quick, and she just passed away within a few days of it getting re-diagnosed, but... Um, Anyway, a terrible story to share right now. Your story is different. <laughs> I know. But, like... <laughs> but that's the only thing I could think of right now because yeah, she was a... We... We like what you're saying. Yep. We're so glad they got the whole it's tumor. It's not chemo. It's radiation. They got the tumor in stage two. Yeah. And, yeah, radiation versus chemo, that's, that's great, Carrie. You're going to beat this. You've got the Yes Mother support. Everyone support. You have such a great attitude. So, yep. You'll beat this, for sure. You'll be back. Yeah, we're so 
Ugh. Yeah. We're just, we're devastated. And, you know, this Elizabeth made us laugh so much, and your two feedbacks came in within two minutes of each other. So I was, like, reading Elizabeth, and I'm like, ha oh, this is great. And I'm like, oh, and Carrie, too. Yay. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, no. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but we're holding room nine for you if you need to chill. We will send extra room service free of charge. Yep. Or if you want to switch rooms with Matt and be in the chill-your-own-ass room, I hear marijuana's pretty good for getting over the radiation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I bet Matt would share if we put you in the room next to it. So chill-your-own-ass recovery room. Yep. <laughs> so we love you, Carrie, and you will be in our thoughts and prayers. And please yeah, I... keep us updated. You're uh, one of the first fans we had, and yep, listen. I should say the word listener. One of the first listeners we had. And... Fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting that out. <laughs> she is one of our first listeners. I think she's one of the first people that even gave us an iTunes review and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're with you. Yep. And you tell Cupcake Boy to. Treat you right. Treat you right. Make sure he doesn't take you on any picnics. We know you don't like those. <laughs> That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that funny. if he does take you on a picnic, make sure he doesn't make the sandwiches the day before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the potato salad, because that needs to be done the day before. Oh, and new cupcake boy? You spread the mustard on the bread, not the lettuce. <laughs> Just a little tip for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, should we move on to the recap of the episode? Indeed. We get rolling. All right. <laughs> we open with Norman waking up in his bed. First thing he says is, Mother? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He gets up and walks toward Norma's room and sees a bunch of cop lights out the window. I love it when he says mother. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we see a dead Annika in the parking lot. Romero pulls up and asks where Norma is. I love how he just gets out and he's like, where's Norma? She is in the office with a paramedic who is checking her vital signs. She tells the paramedic she's fine. She says she passed out. He says she passed out. Romero walks in and Norma tears off the blood pressure thing and gets up immediately. Doesn't she say something funny like, well, she died on me or something? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so I just love, we didn't see it happen off camera, but Norma <laughs> <I> fainted. <laughs> <laughs> the best scene we didn't get to see I know. of the episode. <laughs> There's kind of a charm in that, <laughs> that we get to just imagine it. <laughs> okay, it would have been good to see too, though. Yeah. Um, Romero walks in and Norma tears off the blood pressure thing and gets up and immediately tells Romero Norman was sleeping this whole time. <laughs> Jeez, Norma. I was like, shh, jeez. <laughs> it's like the first thing out of her mouth. Norman was sleeping this whole time. <laughs> I swear, I swear. <laughs> Oh, she does it again. Yeah. Um, the camera pans to outside where we see Norman standing there in his robe and 
Norma runs out and hugs him, and he asks several times, did I do it? Norma helps him walk away and tells him to calm down and step outside his body. That was weird. Yep. He didn't do this, and he needs to go to the house. Dylan shows up, and Norma tells Dylan that Norman had nothing to do with this and asks him to help Norman up to the house. The whole time Romero was watching in the background. <laughs> It's like the first thing she needs everyone to know. Norman didn't do this. <laughs> well, he is standing there going, did I do it? <laughs> oh, it's like a comedy. <laughs> like they could play this exact scene in a sitcom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just have it just be slightly different. <laughs> Oh, it just oh, cracks me up that that's the first thing she says to me, girl. <laughs> so did Norma tell Dylan? Does he have a police scanner? <laughs> I think he oh, just maybe he was to be just coming, coming home. home. I forget sometimes that he lives there. I think he lives up in the cabin. <laughs> yeah. Even though he stayed at that place this episode. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. You do kind of got to feel bad for Norman, though, that he's got to worry that he did. Did I do this? <laughs> well, he knows. He knows now the feeling of when he passes out. He right. knows he missed some stuff. Right. So, and he's woken up several times, <laughs> and he has done it. <laughs> so. Right. He killed his dad, and he killed Miss Watson. So, I mean, it's just, it's like, did I do this? <laughs> That's pretty messed up. <laughs> it's totally messed up. <laughs> But I don't blame him for thinking he did. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So then there was the opening sequence. And then the next Norma and Romero are in the Bates' kitchen. And Norma is describing what happened. Romero asks what's wrong with Norman. Norma says he had a compassionate human reaction to someone dying in their driveway. <laughs> I just love the way she said that. <laughs> Norma says he doesn't get to sit there and suspect her and Norman after everything and as if he believes her. I can't believe she she didn't bring up the laundry again. <laughs> <laughs> I've done your laundry. I was waiting for her to say, I've done your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Romero says chaos seems to swarm around her and none of this makes any sense. Why would Annika drive to the motel? Norma says she doesn't know. Maybe Annika just wanted to get close to someone who could help her get to a hospital. Norma says she is going to check on Norman and tells Romero he can see his way out, and she leaves. She also says that maybe she got her shot close by, and that made a lot of sense. It did. I mean, I was like, that was pretty good. You're never, you're never that quick. See all the things you said earlier tonight, <laughs> <laughs> and just seconds ago, that was a good one. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, because so Annika isn't familiar with the town. You would think you would just go to the place that you are familiar with, you know. Mm -hmm. If I was in a different place, I wouldn't know where the hospital is. Sometimes hospitals are in weird places, you know. I mean, mm, yeah. So I don't think it's that weird that Annika came to the motel. I don't either, but I mean, he we has know. a point about chaos swarming around he her. He totally has a point about chaos swarming around her. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we know that it was to bring Norma the flash drive, but, right, you know. She's keeping that 
quiet. Which I'm okay with at this part of the episode. Right. Yep. Okay, so next Norma goes into Norman's room. Dylan is there and asks what happened. She tells him Norman had a bad episode. She found him underwater in the bathtub. Norman wakes up and asks if she is really dead. Norma asks if he remembers anything from being in the tub. She says he blacked out. He says, I blacked out and she is dead. Norma says he had nothing to do with it. He was nowhere near her. Norma says she is going to change out of her clothes. And Dylan says he will stay with Norman. Norma kisses Dylan on the head and whispers something to him while Norman looks on. So why does Norma ask Norman if he remembered anything while underwater? I think she was just testing him to see if he knew what he was doing or if that was just a total blackout. Or if she, maybe she was fishing to see when he blacked out. Maybe he oh, blacked okay. out okay. being in the tub. I don't know. I think she was just looking for more information. Because all she knows is he, he was all mad at her and then she kicks the door open and he's drowning. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I guess I was reading more into it. Well, maybe. I don't think so. Because I, I, I couldn't come up with anything. I was like, oh. why would she ask him that? But you're right. She just simply wanted to know if he remembered <laughs> But again, I kind of feel bad. Norman's like, I blacked out and she died, you know? Yeah. That That's very unfortunate coincidence, <laughs> if you ask me, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's not good for Norman that he happened to black out and Annika showed up dead. No, and he's a little groggy. I mean, he was very groggy. Yeah down um it's like it it's almost like he's taking longer to get out of his little fugue states right because he was pretty lucid that very first in the pilot when he finds his dad you know he wakes up on his bed and that's right right anyway maybe maybe we're, we're to assume that it's getting harder to come out of it and stuff I don't know. Did you catch what Norma mis- whispered to Dylan? Mm-mm. I didn't either. I turned it up as loud as I could, and I I think I heard thank you, but she said something else. But, yep, this is Norman's first. He doesn't like seeing Norma kissing Dylan on the head and whispering things to him. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So next, Norma is in a room. She gets undressed and pulls the flash drive out of her bra. Then we see her on her bed with a laptop, and the flash drive is plugged in. The files on the drive are password protected. She tries some different passwords, Annika, Johnson, a few others, then sex crazed. (laughs) And all the the passwords are denied. (laughs) You know, it could be sex crazed, but she typed it in all caps. (laughs) That matters with passwords. (laughs) It's true. She should have tried it in all lowercase. <laughs> or maybe had the E a three or something. <laughs> you know, I wish I would have done that. That would have been cool. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Um, or like sex crazed, one, two, three or something. <laughs> but I have a feeling Norma doesn't deal with passwords very much. <laughs> he probably doesn't know those little tricks. Um, well, her... Her guesses were Annika and John. 
<laughs> there were a few more. I wish we could have seen them all. <laughs> and if anyone wants to start like a hashtag or guessing game on Facebook or our Twitter, let's come up with more passwords than Norma might have guessed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it's the next morning. Norma is in the kitchen cooking breakfast. Norman walks in and asks her why she thinks Annika came to the motel. He asks if she thinks it was to talk to him. Norma says, well, I spoke to her too. <laughs> this little game. I <laughs> Norman says they spoke about something important. They spoke about him and Norma and how hard Norma's life was. Then he asks, do you still like me? And Norma says, that is a silly question. Norman says things have seemed different since Dylan got there. It's now different between him and Norma. She says it isn't and goes back to cooking breakfast. Yeah, first, before he says, do you still like me? I was just like, what is he doing? Is he, like, kissing up to her? It was just weird. He's like, we talked about you. And... Right. You know, he was, like, kissing up to her. And then when he said, do you still like me? It was like, yeah, I guess he was. That was weird. Yeah. It, it was weird. And... I don't know. It, this little gay, I just love how she gets all defensive. Like, why would Annika come? I don't know. I spoke with her too. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's some contest between, like, who Annika liked better. <laughs> well, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> My interesting thing to note was that uh, Norman saying that things have seemed different between them. I don't think it has much to do with Dylan, although Norman obviously does but um and she says it isn't and then it's interesting that a few scenes later when she's talking to the psychiatrist she tells him that things are different i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think dylan has anything to do with any of it i think norman's putting the blame on dylan i i think he's just really upset about seeing her kissed Dylan on the head the night before. I think that really got to him. Yeah, and, you know, as she gets more, like, worried and scared about him, she does get a little closer to Dylan. Mm -hmm. You know, this started last season, and there's something there. <laughs> right. For him to be jealous. Maybe a weird jealousy in his eyes. Because they... Yeah, I mean, Norman... Again, he's not wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Dylan doesn't have this weird blackout kill people thing going on. <laughs> no, and she needs a little support from a family member. Right. And Dylan is a good support. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next, Norma is in a coffee shop and asks a guy working on a computer if he could plug in the flash drive and help her with the password. She explains her mother recently died and all her tax stuff is on that drive. He plugs it in and tries a couple of things and tells Norma it is a really good program and he cannot override it. Yeah, I just love it when he looks up at her and he's like, your mom did this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like he could tell right away. Yeah, right. And I love how she owns it. Yep. <laughs> <I know. laughs> she doesn't say, okay, fine. <laughs> He probably wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. Why would Instead, he? Instead, she just owns it. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> All 
next we see Romero in his office. A deputy walks in, and I ask, where is Cag- what happened to Cagney where and Lacey? Where is Cagney and Lacey? <laughs> anyway, a deputy, not Cagney and Lacey, walks in and says the coroner says Annika was shot about 20 minutes before she showed up at the motel. I'm guessing she got sacked because she was too efficient. <laughs> He's like, let's get this guy in. <laughs> He sucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she was too efficient. <laughs> Can't have that in my office. Nope. Uh, Romero says she could have driven from anywhere in town. The deputy says the car she was driving was registered to the girl they found dead in the water. So, yeah, whatever. Yep. <laughs> Um, so next we see Caleb and Gunner in town loading stuff into Gunner's Jeep. Caleb looks down the road and sees Norma walk to her car. There is a piece of paper on her windshield. She grabs it and starts looking around and Caleb hurries and gets into the Jeep. Yeah, we kind of discussed it, but I'm sure I'm, I'm applying the checkoff gun theory to the parking ticket or Whatever it was on. We'll see it again. We'll see it again, and I think it'll be next episode. I'm guessing there's going to be a big, you know, oh, I think the way the episode ended, there's going to be a big scene oh, about I think there's going to be lots of big scenes in the next episode. The whole Dylan-Caleb thing's about to blow. Yes. I, sky high. <laughs> I think the next episode's going to be crazy. <laughs> um. So then we see Norman and Emma doing homework in the Bates' house. Norman is not paying attention. Emma asks if he is thinking about Annika. Norman says what happened isn't good for business. Emma says they should take a day off and go on a picnic or a hike. Norma walks into the other room and Norman sees her. He suddenly starts kissing Emma and looks to make sure Norma sees them. Oh, so gross. Norma walks in and clears her throat and says she hopes they aren't doing that when they're down in the office. They stop kissing, and Emma says, of course not, and apologizes, and Norma says, this is my house, and Norman, Norma walks off. Was she just like, it's not worth it? Because <laughs> just you would think that that would get her goat a little bit. I think, yes, I think absolutely she was just like, I'm not even going to get into this with him. He's yeah. in one of his moods, <laughs> and I don't think she wanted to do it in front of Emma. Because it is interesting that he says, this is my house, to his mom who bought the house. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say that to your parents, ever. I can't imagine ever saying that to mom or dad, like, this is my house. (laughs) No, that's... Dad would not be like, something healthy people do. You're lucky you have your own room in this house, and that room is still mine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and oh, just I almost throw up when Norman like looks over to make sure Norman's watching them kiss. Oh, oh my gosh, Junior High, oh, looking so at the weird. girl you really like while kissing the girl you don't like. Holy crap. That was not cool. No. Oh, it's just so insane. (laughs) Like, huh, Mom? Huh? You jealous? (laughs) Oh, man. It just gives me the willies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, those two, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and boy, I just have to mention when he says that it what happened isn't good for business. This whole time I've just been feeling he's really like I wonder if some of it he, it just seems like his head got pretty big when he was made hotel <laughs> And that might be part of it, throwing his weight around. Yeah, yeah. I saw it happen at the country club. You know, I was, well, I wasn't the main boss, but I was the main boss of a certain area of the country club. And when we would, like, get little underling managers that had been servers for a while. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to watch some of them just get these giant heads. And it was like, oh, uh -uh." uh-uh. Right, right. (laughs) It just, there's something about a little power and a little management that can bring out the worst in some people. And I'm thinking Norman's one of those. He just, this whole time, ever since he was main manager, the the blazer, I'm surprised he doesn't like sleep in it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It could be, yeah. I mean, it does go to people's heads. That that Stanford experiment with the the prison guards and the prisoners. Yes. You know. Yes. That that is messed up. I watched a document <laughs> on it, documentary on it. It's like it's insane what some of these people did. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, and yeah, maybe that is what's going on. Like he gave her, she gave him that little. You manage this motel that we get, like, one person a week (laughs) staying in. (laughs) He did order new comforters, and she got mad. (laughs) Thought it was extravagant. (laughs) It probably was, because how long has the hotel been open? A year, maybe? I know, and I'm guessing Norma got new comforters. I'm sure she did. (laughs) Well, didn't didn't, um, Dylan pick them up season two? Or was it season one? It was season one, I guess. Dylan picked up new duvet covers for something. Oh yeah, he did, huh? Or was it yeah. curtains? No, it was. It was. No, it was duvets because right. I've just been rewatching. Huh. Anyway, so it was extravagant. I'm just. I'm calling it now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Next, Romero pulls up to the Arcanum Club. Is that wrong? Mm-hmm. Arcanum. Arcanum. Every every time I think I have it, I miss it. Pulls up to the Arcanum Club, and Bob is outside waiting for him. Romero tells him the missing girl, the one he told Bob about, is dead. So there are now two dead girls in two days, both linked to the club. Bob says he doesn't have two dead girls. He has two dead hookers, and this is the town's club. He is just the elected president of a wonderful club, historical little tradition set up by the founding fathers of the town. Bob asks if the dead girl had anything on her. Romero asks what he was talking about. Bob says Romero is just out of the loop and don't jump to conclusions. This was an interesting little scene. Yeah. I mean, it. way to be, like, nonchalant, Bob. So, did she have anything on her? <laughs> <laughs> it just tells me it must be super important yeah it like what like pictures like blackmail pictures or 
I don't know. I've been I you know are we going to see today pic- trying to figure it out what it could possibly I mean, is it like photos of like the city councilmen in lingerie? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that would really be terrible? I mean, this town is so screwed yeah, up and weird. No, I just don't see that as being a big yeah, deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's... It's very... I'm guessing... I am. My best guess is that something we're never going to guess. <laughs> right. You're right. It's just not something we're going to come up with. It's going to be out there. Yep. I find it very interesting. It does make me a lot more interested in this whole subplot part of the, you know, it's more, I find it more interesting than the drug stuff. Yeah. And I found the comment. Yeah, definitely. You don't have two dead girls. You have two dead hookers. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. That was really strategically placed to make us go, ugh. you know? Well, yeah. I mean, he obviously just doesn't even, they've got no like, quality to him they're not even people to him yeah so maybe they are hunting them (laughs) yeah and then this like wonderful little tradition in the town that the founding fathers (laughs) (laughs) so like this town has been effed up before the base even got there (laughs) it's like it's on a hell now (laughs) i wonder if the mayor was one of the founding fathers Our mayor is 200 years old. <laughs> Should we tell you he's a demon? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. It's Buffy base motel mashup. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole mention of the founding fathers and the tradition, I just, am, I find it, uh, I'm, the more I talk about it, the more I'm interested in it now. Oh, it's so intriguing. Yeah. I've, I like the storyline. I am interested, no matter what anyone else says. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. All right. So next, we see Norma in the college library looking at computer code books. <laughs> the psych professor comes up to her. Uh, she says she is worried about what her son is doing online. He asks if she has time to get a cup of coffee with him. She says that she can. We then see them sitting having coffee. Norma is telling him she always. She has always been close to her son, probably too close. But they went through a lot together, but things are different now. She doesn't trust him now, and it feels lonely, and she starts to kind of cry. He says, what would it be like if we walked around feeling hurt? Instead, we make this big deal about feeling anything in public. Norma says, because they would go around crying all day. <laughs> That's not necessarily true, Norma. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you would. <laughs> Maybe you. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was kind of an odd little thing for him to say. I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know. He's kind of weird to me, but... He's really weird. I, I'm i glad that Norma has, like, this person to talk to, because she kind of seems to open up to him a little bit, you know? She was, and really, this guy is too nosy for her to relax around, I think. So there's some quality about him that works for her. Right, right, and I... I wrote down, I really hope they don't, like, have these two hook up, but I, I think I'd like them to, I'd like to see them become, like, good friends. Like, I think he would be a good yeah. friend for her. Yeah, I agree. Like, I or thought Christina just the actual was, therapist. I was all excited she... about Christina last 
season. Right. That didn't work out. No, she was. I just want weird. Norma to have a friend. Yeah, friend or an actual therapist that she really actually tries to work through. Although I feel like she's got too many secrets to really open up. But maybe she would about her old stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got to work on that stuff before she can help Norman. Yeah. You know, she can't, you know, she doesn't have the best past. (laughs) 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 I'll mess with you. (laughs) Understandably. All right, so next Norma pulls up to the motel and sees Romero's truck there. He's going through Annika's room. She asks what he is doing. He says looking for clues and says, you aren't going to make me get a warrant, are you? She says no, have at it, and she walks out. He follows her and asks if Annika had anything on her when she died. She says, close. (laughs) (laughs) Asks if Annika had anything. He says, quit being a smartass. She says, I'm not being a smartass. I don't know what you mean. He says, did it seem like Annika, Annika was trying to get to her room for something? Norma says, maybe. Norma says she was weaving and then fell onto her. Maybe she was trying to get to her room. Then Norma says she is going to make dinner. Romero asks why she is lying to him. She asks why he is lying to her. He says he isn't. He isn't. He just isn't revealing the truth. He gets to decide what to reveal and when. She says he's very good at it and gets a gold star and walks off. That was so cute. I know. <laughs> I like how she rattled him. Yep, I do too. I these two just know each other too well. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I mean, he nails it. He's like, "Why are you lying to me?" He just knows <laughs> that she isn't telling him everything. And I just. I just really don't understand why, like, right here when she had the chance, she said, look, Annika gave me this drive, and I'm trying, you know, I don't know. I think he's acting a little too sheriffy. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, there's that. Right now. Um, you know, last season, at the end of it, he did, like, make Norman... You know, after they seemed to have quite a connection, he did, like, make Norman take this lie detector test. Yeah, that's... Where he act really sheriffy. And I think that still kind of wrinkles, or maybe it it's enough to keep the trust at bay as much as we feel that maybe she should give him. Right. Yeah, okay. I'll buy that. All right, so next... Oh, and I thought she kind of had a little sassy walk, too. I think she knew that she kind of zinged him. Oh, yeah. She turns around and, and she she's knows she like... rattled him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next, Norma walks into the kitchen. Norman is in there wearing her apron. <laughs> <laughs> we have another and apron. <laughs> and it's not like an apron that a guy might wear around the grill. It's like a frilly, ruffly apron. (laughs) (laughs) To make a sandwich. (laughs) Norman says, you're making dinner? He says, no, he is making food for a picnic tomorrow. Norma says she would love to go on a picnic. (laughs) And he tells her he and Emma are going. He sits down and starts making a sandwich. Norma grabs a pan out of the cupboard and starts banging it around. And Norman says something wrong. (laughs) 
And Norman <laughs> says, stop it, Norman. He says, stop what? Do we have any Dijon mustard? <laughs> Norma stops to the fridge, gets some mustard out, and slams it on the table. She says what he is doing is stupid. She doesn't care if he goes on a picnic with Emma, and he better not be using her. He says, using her for what? She says to get back at her, or because he is jealous of her and Dylan. He says it's not. She nails it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> he says it's not about you. Is it so hard to believe he wants to spend time with a beautiful, intelligent young girl who has feelings for him? <laughs> when you say it like that, yes. <laughs> I know. Norma says he can't sleep with her because of her illness. She says if he has sex with her, it could kill her. And if he hurts her, she will kick his ass to the moon and back. He says she doesn't need to explain that to him. Okay, so interesting she says that. Can't sleep with her because of her illness. Because I don't think she quite believes that. But she... So either she is saying she can't sleep with him because she is jealous back, or, and this is probably more likely, she's worried it's going to trigger him. Yeah. Um, I, I think they want us to think she's jealous, and that's why she's saying it. Because I don't buy it either that that's her reasoning. No, I, I think it's. I, I think, think she's worried she, the Blair Watson thing. I think the sex could trigger. I think so too. Him I, killing her. Yep. I don't know. Wouldn't Norma come out and say that though, or would she not? Huh. Yeah, she probably would, wouldn't she? You know, she might say. You know, you had sex with Blair Watson and then killed her. Because, you know, when she first said, the first time I watched it, and she said, you can't have sex with her, you know, I just, my head went, yeah, he can't, because that's going to be bad. Right. <laughs> He's going to end up killing her, and that's why she said it, and then I was kind of surprised that she brought up the illness. I'm like, no, it's not the illness, Norma. And then I started thinking, is she jealous? <laughs> but no, it's my first gut reaction, I think. Yeah. I, I think it's because she just doesn't want Emma to be in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Max Norma knocks on Dylan's door. She shows him the flash drive and tells him it's locked. She says she hasn't shown Norma, Norman or Romero. She only trusts him. I thought she said that a little too... <laughs> like, now listen, I haven't shown this to even Norman or anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of... Making him understand, like, I don't know, just kind of rubbing it in that she trusts him right, for some reason. Right, right. Um, she tells him how Annika pressed it into her hand and told her to use it because it is important for her and her son. She, sa she says she thinks Romero is looking for it because he was searching Annika's room. Dylan says he will try to open it and tells her not to tell anyone else it could be dangerous. She says she knows, and that is why she doesn't want Norman to know. And she says goodnight. We see that Norman is standing at the door and heard Norma tell Dylan she doesn't want Dorm Norman to know. Norman to know. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if this is the one, but... I wrote down, my next note is that at about 36.34, there's an extra long hug watch, Norman and Dylan. <laughs> so that's for Elizabeth. There was an extra long hug, Wasn't and it was at 36.34. Norma and Dylan's hug was extra long? 
I didn't notice. Yes, uh, it was. And Norman was watching. Yes. It was awkwardly long. <laughs> hmm. I didn't notice that. I did. But yeah, it's really too bad that he overheard, you know, not only saw the extra long hug, but heard Norma tell Dylan she doesn't want Norman to know, because that's just going to put more paranoia in his head. Yep, that was unfortunate. You know? He's all sneaky. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know. It's just... To me, it just makes me wonder if whatever is going on with him could be somehow... If this was a normal family and they had him getting psychiatric help and maybe on some sort of meds to, you know, this could be mm -hmm. something that was, that is, you know, something that you could work with, that you can live with, that you can control, you know? Yeah. But like all these little instances happen that just like feed into it to me, like overhearing Norman say that, Norma say that Dylan and I don't know, it just makes sure. it worse. Yeah. But Dylan seems pretty happy that Norma trusts him. I think that's just what kind of makes the ending of this episode so sad to me. It's, oh, for sure. You know, he is finally, he has built up this relationship with Norma. She trusts him over Romero and Norman, you know. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, his whole life, it was always her and Norman, her and Norman. And now she's like, don't tell Norman I'm coming to, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what he's been wanting. He wanted, you know. Well, remember how touched he was when she bought him a plane ticket? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Stupid Caleb. Ugh. <laughs> <It's> worst. <laughs> he's gross. <laughs> Even if your dad is gross. <laughs> All right. So next we see Norman and Emma hiking. It's really cold, and they find a cabin and break in. Emma suggests they make a fire, and Norman asks if the smoke will be okay on her lungs, and she says yes. Norma, just a little earworm in him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so then we see Romero talking to a girl who knew Annika and Lindsay. She says she was friends with them the last few years. She knew them from the parties at the club. Romero tells her they're both dead. They've both been murdered. He asks if she has had contact with either of them since, since she saw them last year. She says Lindsay was seeing Bob Paris. He had taken a liking to her, and Lindsay had asked her to be part of a threesome with her and Bob. But she couldn't because it was her sister's birthday. <laughs> um, I'd skip a threesome if it was your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sue. <laughs> As would I. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Romero asks if she could think of a reason Bob would want her dead. Like maybe she knew too much. She says she doesn't think Bob would give a damn if people knew about his sex habits. She thinks maybe Lindsay started to have feelings that weren't reciprocated. Romero asks if she knows who ended up doing the threesome with them, and she tells him it was Annika. Is this supposed to be a clue? I don't know. I'm wondering if it is, because they kind of don't, 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 you know? They do, but <laughs> Romero, I think when he says that Bob wouldn't give a damn if people knew about his sex habits, I think that's probably true. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I don't know if this is a clue. I don't know if it matters. It's probably more. Uh, would this be considered a MacGuffin? Maybe. <laughs> just kind of to throw us a red herring. Uh, yeah, a red herring. Because I mean, really, does it matter who ended up doing the threesome? I mean, I get the feeling Bob probably has lots of threesomes. You know. Probably, although. I don't know. Maybe it's less about the threesome and just more about what else happened that night. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe what's on the flash drive has something to do with this or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I wrote down, so this kind of blows Becca's undercover cop theory because now we have confirmation that Attica performed sex acts. Right. But... Let's just change it, Becca, from undercover cop to Nancy Drew. Mm -hmm. She's on her own. <laughs> She's got a rich dad that funds her. And she and her friends, Bess and George, go. <laughs> Is his name Carson? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Bess and George. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, next we see Norman and Emma lying down next to a fire. He asks her questions about her lungs. <laughs> Earworm again. <laughs> she says she isn't worried about it. She tells him it sometimes feels like someone is holding her underwater. They start, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> I know. I was like, hmm. I don't know if that really means anything, but I thought it was interesting that that's the way they had her describe it. Yeah. With the Bradley stuff. Bradley stuff um, and the Norman underwater stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. They start kissing. He stops and says they should stop. He doesn't want to hurt her. He says his mother says they shouldn't have sex. It could kill her. <laughs> I was talking to my mom. <laughs> Gosh, Norman. <laughs> and then he wishes that the words could just be sucked right back <laughs> into his mouth. <laughs> anyway. Oh, but as Harold says... If he actually wanted to have sex with her, which... I don't think... I don't know. Again, there just is no chemistry between these two. Mm -hmm. Romantically. No. It's gross. The kissing is gross. And it's just so weird, because I was, I was okay with the season one. Right. It's just the way they're playing it. It's yep. just nasty. Okay. Emma gets up and tells him that is insulting. She lives with the disease 24-7 and has the right to make those kinds of decisions and says she isn't going to take direction from two people who couldn't tell their ass from a handbag if they had a cold. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I had to, like, rewind it two or three times and be like, okay, that's what she said. <laughs> she could have stopped it as from their handbag and I'd been like, yes, that's true. <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> if they had a cold. It doesn't make any sense to me. I want Emma to explain it. She does like a journal on the blog. I hope she explains that. Yeah. <laughs> then Emma says, I didn't think your mother was coming on this date with us. And she leaves. Do you not Norman, not know Norman at all? I know. Emma? <laughs> Norman's always, Norma is always there. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's talking to me. I don't even mean that. I just mean 
she's just such a big presence in his life anyway. But yeah, she is always there too. She's always there. <laughs> I just wonder. I don't know. I I have a feeling that Emma's gonna get over this, and it's just a little tiff, you know. Yeah. But I wonder if it's gonna make Emma like mad at Norma for even talking about her sex life at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so next we see Caleb hammering some boards on the roof of the barn. Dylan pulls up and gets mad at him for going to town with Gunner. Caleb gets mad and says Gunner couldn't load the thing himself. Dylan says, what if Norman saw you? Caleb says, what if she had? I'm a human being. Is that a crime? Well, yeah, in your case, yes. <laughs> <laughs> human being is a strong term for you. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb says she is the one who won't talk to him. She is being irrational. Dylan says he doesn't think it's irrational since he is the one that raped her. <laughs> Good one, Dylan. <laughs> Caleb says Dylan doesn't understand. Wow. Um. <laughs> he came out there to help Dylan. Dylan says he doesn't need his help. No one asked him to come out there. Caleb says, why don't you... Asked me to leave, and he steps on a couple of boards to break, and he falls to the ground. <laughs> this is the most epic fall. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan helps him sit up. Caleb's hand is cut. Dylan says, I need to go to the hospital. He needs stitches. Caleb says he has a warrant, so he's even better. Um, <laughs> and Dylan says he'll just do it himself. How is his hand the only thing? I don't <laughs> I know. <laughs> it looks, I don't know. Because <laughs> not only did he fall, he like hit something on his way down. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> he homered it. <laughs> like Homer falling down the Grand Canyon. <laughs> 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 And then again, uh, the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, Caleb is oh he's he's so horrible. You don't understand. So, oh, I know. And then he totally totally normed it like the laundry, where he like insisted on building the cabin, and then he throws that back in Dylan's face. Dylan's like, I didn't ask you to go. <laughs> then why don't you ask me to leave I mean oh <laughs> oh man yep so he's not the brightest bulb and I guess he even said it last was it last episode I think so when he talks about how Norma's the first one that figured out what they were doing was wrong <laughs> in the next scene he says that oh is that this yeah is that this so, yeah, he kind of admits that he's not very bright. Sounds like he was pretty dang stupid. <laughs> well, <laughs> if your son's also your nephew, I you probably aren't a genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, so, so yeah, he came out there. I don't think he cares about getting close to Dylan. He, he came out there for Norma. Yep. <laughs> we should have guessed that, really. I love you, Norma. 
I cut my hand on the screen door again. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Okay, next Dylan and Caleb are inside. Dylan is stitching up Caleb's hand. Caleb is drinking. Dylan asks if it really was the way she said it was. Caleb says yes, but not exactly. Caleb says they were close, just two kids raising themselves. Spent all their time together. It just happened. She wasn't a sister to him. She was his whole world, his life, and he loved her. You can't help who you love. (laughs) Well, let me stop you there, Caleb. (laughs) When it's sister, yes. (laughs) You stop that. (laughs) (laughs) she was smarter than him and came home and figured out it was wrong it's like she just came home from high school is that what he means yeah that's how he worded it like she figured out it was wrong she came home one day like like she had a special health care health class that day (laughs) or she's just walking down the hall one day and goes oh my gosh that's wrong what i'm doing with caleb Why are all my friends kissing boys that are not their brothers? (laughs) Why are all their boyfriends not family? Wait a minute. (laughs) She looked at him. He couldn't breathe. He loved her more than anything. He starts to cry and takes a drink and says he couldn't let her go. He hates himself for it. He knows he doesn't deserve it, but he wishes he could say he is sorry. She doesn't have to forgive him. He just wants to say he is sorry before he doesn't get the chance. So, basically, they just turned from, like, rapey sexual abuse to, like, flowers in the attic. In my mind, <laughs> the scene was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's in love with her. <laughs> it's flowers in the attic. <laughs> Not any less disturbing, <laughs> but nonetheless, there you go. <laughs> Kayla walks in. I'm in love. I'm in love. I don't care. <laughs> no, It's just so disgusting to me. (laughs) I just hate him so much. Oh, so gross. And just, and he's like trying to justify it to Dylan. It's so weird. It's like (laughs) claiming, well, "Well, I was in love with her. Well, that doesn't make it okay. No, he's either been drinking way too much, which he was. He was kind of pouring it down his throat because he's getting stitches. Yeah, I I probably would be too. (laughs) And boy, I just, I was watching those stitches thinking, you know, Dylan could have made the thread a lot shorter. (laughs) 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 Do you think he did it on purpose? I need a really long thread. (laughs) I need like two feet. <laughs> I just want to pull and pull. <laughs> no, but this was just very revealing and very interesting to me, and just everything clicked. It just clicked like it never has before. It just 
Yep. Oh, this all makes very good sense. Yep. Very strange, though, to... Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> and his stupidity. And just his and... cletusness. <laughs> yes, and his cletusness. And, you know, who's to say he's not... He doesn't have the Bates or the um, whatever their last name is, the crazy gene. Yeah, there could be some, there's got to be some of that in, because this is just crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, So she comes home, so, so she comes home and tells him this is wrong and they can't do it anymore, you know. And he says, but he couldn't let her go and he hates himself for it. So it sounds like there was, like, an actual rape. Like, to me. it turned into, like, it was kind of, like, consensual. Totally consent. Okay, in my eyes, it was totally flowers in the attic. Mm-hmm. Consensual, nasty, incest brother-sister love affair thing. Right. And then she's like, ding, wait a second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes home and tells him you know and it makes him freak out and physically like rape her like rape her yeah i'm and i'm thinking that too turns a corner to make her leave i don't know when the whole pregnancy was discovered right or whatever but it sounds like there was an incident to me that it turned from consensual to her saying I can't quit you stuff to like <laughs> rape and I'm out of here I hate you right right maybe we'll get more details maybe <laughs> maybe hopefully not <laughs> I know it's like, do we want those details <laughs> so but I think they made that pretty clear I think so I think by him <clears throat> saying that it was that's what they're implying all right, so next Dylan drives up to the motel. It's night. A black car is parked in the parking lot, and he dr- he parks kind of behind it. I thought that was really smart of him. Mm-hmm. But they seem to get away anyway because he didn't have to go <laughs> move it. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> um, Dylan goes into the office, and a guy is in there going through everything. Dylan pulls a gun on him, and another guy steps behind Dylan and pulls a gun on Dylan. They say there is something there that belongs to them. Dylan tells them to leave. They say what they are looking for might be in the house. Dylan tells them to leave again. They tell them they'll leave, but they know Dylan's not always home. So they basically threaten that they're going to be coming back, coming to, back the to the house. Yep. So. Yep. That's about it. <laughs> we all know they're looking for the drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> So next we see Norma in her bedroom trying more passwords. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Dylan runs in and tells her about the two guys in the office. He says they were looking for the flash drive and they should tell Romero. She says no. There have already been too many cops involved. Norman walks in and asks what they're talking about. Norma says nothing and says he has homework. He says, the secret of whispering is too distracting. He asks what's going on, and Norma says they were just talking. Norman asks Dylan what they were talking about, and Dylan tells him nothing. Norma says he has a right to know what is going on in his 
his own house. <laughs> um, Norma says he's acting like a child and to stop it. He says fine and leaves and slams the door. Dylan tells Norma to give him the flash drive. She doesn't want to because it might... Wait. She doesn't want to because it might save them. Dylan says he will hide it at... At the farm, sorry. At the farm. It's not staying at the house. He doesn't want anything to happen to her and they hug. That's probably the extra long hug. Oh, okay. That makes more sense being the last few minutes, 36, 34. Oh, yeah. So... So, yep, more whispering around Norman and no one will tell him what's going on. <laughs> right. Which... And, you know, I just, I love the Dylan Romero stuff, so I wish... Mm-hmm. I wish he would have gotten permission to give it to him, because we could have had a good... Yeah, because this would have been another smart time. Guys with guns have now broken into your motel. Um... Maybe it's time to get Romero involved, you know? Yep. Romero fixes your guys' problems all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's his musical song. Yes. <laughs> how the story goes. That's how the story goes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and again, you know, Dylan says he wants to – he doesn't want it in the house. He doesn't want anything to happen to her. So he's just so happy that he and Norma are close. Yeah, and I, uh, I wonder how much it helps for him to get it out anyway. Though <laughs> they're just they're going to look anyway and put her in danger. True. True. But whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> so Dylan goes downstairs and grabs his keys off of a table, and suddenly Norman's behind him. <laughs> Creeper! <laughs> and asks where he is going. Dylan says he is going to the farm. Norman asks why he is lying to him. Dylan says to stay out of it. It doesn't concern him. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Dylan drives up to his cabin. We see Norman park the Mercedes a little ways away. Dylan hides the drive in the cabin. Caleb walks in and asks Dylan what he is doing. Dylan makes some excuses. Caleb says thanks for letting him vent. He says, you know, it must be hard on Dylan and hugs him. They go outside and Norman is right there <laughs> <laughs> and asks what is going on. He asks if no mom knows he is there. He asks if this is what they've been whispering about. Is she allowing this? <laughs> Dylan says, no, they've been talking about him. They're concerned about his state of mind. Norman says, I'm not the one harboring our mother's rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb says they don't... You got a point. <laughs> exactly. Caleb says they don't want any trouble. Norman says, you don't want any trouble for me? That's funny. It's like, I'm the outsider and you're not. We'll, well, we'll see who's on the outside. And he walks off. Dylan chases after Norman and begs him to stop and tells him not to tell Norma. Then he tackles Norman and they fall to the ground. Dylan is on top of Norman and says he better not tell Norma or he'll be sorry the rest of his life. And Norman yells, what are you going to do? Kill me? Dylan begs him again not to tell Norma. It will destroy everything he has built with her. Norman says he has already destroyed it. He betrayed Mother and needs to know, and Norman gets up, gets in the Mercedes, and drives away. Caleb tells Dylan he is sorry, and the episode ends. I wish Dylan would have just turned around and punched Caleb I know! He really needed a punch. <laughs> he did. Because this, you know, Dylan's relationship with Norma is really in jeopardy right now. Yeah. 
and it is all Caleb's fault. You know, and I don't think Norman's Norma is going to listen to Dylan can say, I didn't invite him here. He just showed up. I, I kicked him out of town and he came back. Yep. He made friends with my cupcake boy. Yep. I just, I don't behind think, my back. <laughs> I just don't think she's going to listen to any of that. She's not a reasonable person. Not reasonable. Yep. And it's just sad because I really, Dylan, I just like him so much. And he can never have any kind of relationship with his dad. You know, that's just out of the question. The mere no. circumstances of his birth and everything, you know. is Caleb needs to go away, yep. slink away, and pretend <laughs> there is no son and get out of his life yep. and let him try. And he surprisingly is able to have a good life for having a daddy uncle. Mm-hmm. Right. And the person he has that good life with is Norma now, you know. And, right, and if you are in his life under any capacity, it is as an uncle. A very, very distant one. <laughs> I would just sever the tie and oh, I would absolutely too. just never, ever, ever, you know. But you don't introduce yourself to Dylan's friends as his father. Oh, I know. It's so That just made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, so... Yeah, I feel bad. I, I'm i really excited to see what happens in the next one. I think the next episode's going to be full of stuff. Yes, I am excited, too. It's, um, oh, man, that was one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen on Bates Motel is Dylan just begging Norman. Oh, I know. I know. And it's like Norman is being... He just can't wait to run home to mommy because now he's got a secret. Now, you know, oh, I know, he's just so jealous of, you know, he Dylan and Norma have been obviously whispering and have something going on. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, why did Dylan say we've been talking about you? Was he just being because they really haven't been talking about Norman. Really, it's been about the flash drive. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, Norma said I think he had to come up with something yeah. believable. Because Norman's like, I don't want Norman to know. You know, right. I haven't even told Norman. This is just between right. me and me. Right, okay. But yeah, that was just heartbreaking, watching him just beg Norman. And, man, he's just so ready to... He can't wait to tell Mom. Yeah, that... Becca's I Hate Norman fan club is <laughs> sounding pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Kind of up until that final scene, I was kind of just kind of feeling sorry for Norman because, you know, he's just got this mental illness and it's just not helping all these little whispers and things that he's been seeing is, you know, and then Annika dying, you know, just all Mm -hmm. lots of things building up. But this move, you know, mother needs to know she's been betrayed, you know. She really doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I like this one. I didn't like it as much as the others. Or the last few. Only for the fact that 
nothing like it it just it felt like a setup episode which they're usually fine and that's fine mm-hmm. it's just it's not going to score as well as the payoff episodes right right it was all set up. It, it was. This would have been a much better episode if they would have done like a dual episode that night mm-hmm. <laughs> to where it could have just transitioned into the next one. Like this will be a great binge watch mm-hmm. right. later on right. for the people in the future. But for us waiting week to week, it was like, oh, and that's, this isn't a complaint I like to make on shows and I don't like to hear podcasters make these kinds of complaints, to be honest, because these episodes are super important so I did like it. I really liked it, but compared to others, right? Compared to others, it's just not going to score as well. There wasn't like crazy Norma antics. There was creepy Norman stalkery and crazy make mom jealous antics, mm-hmm. <laughs> which aren't as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I'm still giving it 9 out of 10, though. I, I like this one. Cause you give it a 9? I do. I do. I'm giving it 9 out of 10 gold stars. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so the way I do it is I each one starts out 10, and then I minus points, and then they can gain points. So each episode, when I push play, it's at a 10, you know? Right. So it lost two because no chick. And then it gained one just hearing what actually happened between Caleb and Norma. Um, I liked finally finding out what that was all about. Yeah, that was like, that was epiphany time. Yep. <laughs> and I really enjoyed watching him fall. Um, <laughs> like I fall laughed out loud. <laughs> and, and I did rewind it. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed watching Norman just kind of just scene by scene, just kind of <laughs> I don't unravel a little bit, you know. Yeah, making Norma jealous, trying to make her jealous, the whispering stuff. I just kind of enjoyed seeing that. So it it averaged out to a nine out of ten. Gold stars. All right. Yep. I'm just going to give it a 7, just because there was, it it lacked some things I really, that my high-scoring base motel episodes contain. Vera stuff. Yep. But it was a high 7. Okay. But yeah, it was just kind of, like, had the feeling of like a first-parter, where it's just all set up. Right, right. In a binge watching scenario I would give it a higher grade. Right, gotcha. Do you have a what the bib? Um Yeah, the Bob Paris scene. His all his talk about the two hookers and mm-hmm. the uh founding fathers. I'm just like, okay, what the bib I, was there? Yeah. <laughs> There's more going on there than we <laughs> it's just, know yet. <laughs> he was so deliberate the way he said it too. He's like, I don't have yeah. two dead women. I have two dead hookers. Like it's like, wow. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, gosh. That's crazy. Um 
my what the what the bev is just Norman making sandwiches the day before the picnic. I'll <laughs> 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 make soggy bread. Um, and where's Chick? What the bip? <laughs> I put on Facebook that Chick is going to be my poochie. So that's right. Like, if Chick's not in the episode, I'm always going to be talking about him. Where's Chick? Why isn't Chick in this episode? <laughs> so, well, all right. Are we going to do like a little spoiler section? Talk about the next one? Yeah, I only watched it once and I don't remember much about it, but we certainly can. I watched it a couple times, so so yeah, before we move Lead on... Lead me through it. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on to fa- um, the spoiler where we're talking about the next one, um, for those of you who just want to end it now, thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can send it to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook. It's Yes Mother on Facebook. Yeah, we might even... Open some rooms up in the Bates Motel since we seem to have some drop off. Yep. So. I'd be willing. There's about three or four I'd be willing to give their rooms up. Okay. If anyone's interested. Yep. And if they come back, we'll, we'll get them a new room. Sure. Then go in the B&B. Ever. Yep. No big whoop. No big whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah. All right. Well, if you're not staying on for the spoilers. Until next time, chill your own ass. It's not weird. (laughs) (laughs) Figure out where to find. (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) I was like, where do I get this? And I put Gmail, and I'm like, nope, those are the feedback. So I turned it off, and then I'm like, where do I get it? Gmail. And I push it, and I'm like, nope, those are the feedback. (laughs) My brain just did it twice. And then right before I quit the home thing to get Gmail off again, I was like, wait a minute, it isn't Gmail. I knew that. (laughs) Part of my brain knew. The other part said no. (laughs) The fake Norma part of me was. (laughs) Or I guess in our case, it'd be the little fake Jane in your (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh man. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> unbreakable.
Description is Norma turns to Romero for guidance when she finds herself in an unexpected position of power. What? Yeah. Kind of weird, huh? I just wonder. Wait, say that again. It says Norma turns to Romero for guidance when she finds herself in an unexpected position of power. Wow, that makes me think that she finds definitely finds out what's on there. I think I think she will find out what's on there. Which means we do, which makes me really happy because yep. I need to know. <laughs> yep. So, and it puts her in a position of power. So she must, it must be something that can blackmail someone, you know? Yeah. So. It, it, could it be anyone other than Bob? I don't think so. He seems to be the guy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I watched the preview for it a few times, like maybe three times, and there is a scene where Norman is like holding up one of Norma's dresses up to him in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Remember that. And you see Norman and Dylan fighting in the kitchen. You see Norma like pack a bag and leave. Oh, 
that's right. And they go down to her car, and she's like, I'm leaving, you know. But she's mad at Norman, not Dylan. Oh, is she? Yeah, because of the scene in the kitchen. Norman says, doesn't he say something like, she hates me, she's never coming back. And Dylan's like, she doesn't hate you, or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that. But this, and it shows her, like, throwing something at the mirror. Uh Uh-huh. So. No, I have the distinct impression that she's mad at Norman, not Dylan. Well, maybe, maybe she's become reasonable. Maybe, maybe in her mind, Dylan can do what he wants. If he wants a relationship with his dad, he can have one. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't take that route and gets mad Mm -hmm. at Norman for being such a little tattletale about it. Maybe. Or it has nothing to do with that. It's a whole different thing. I don't know. There was something, I can't remember what, that gave me the impression also that maybe that was it. That maybe, I I think I was trying to explain away the fact that, oh, I know that Dylan, there's a scene where Dylan says, I really need to tell you something. That's right. That's right. I'm wondering if Norman goes into a... Oh weird state where he forgets you know that wouldn't surprise me because he's pretty worked up when he leaves dylan's worked up oh and there it also shows the mercedes crashing into oh that's right tree or a fence or something maybe that's why she's mad because he doesn't have a license oh yeah maybe it's maybe it's nor because the way they edit the trailer it shows her yelling and leaving and it looks like she's the one that crashes. And it looks like she's the one that crashes, but maybe, I bet you're right, I bet you he drives and crashes the Mercedes, and that's what she's mad about. Yeah, maybe he does go all transy. He's so worked up. Maybe he drove around all night. Ooh, wonder if there's going to be another body. Ooh. Yeah, so she, so Dylan comes and's like, okay, so Norman hasn't told her yet, so I need to tell her myself. Yep. And so he does, and he's able to do it in his own way, rationally, where she's still on his side. Right, because Dylan hasn't done anything wrong. Right. He did not invite Caleb up there. He wanted Caleb to leave. He still doesn't seem happy that Caleb's there, you know. No. So It's not like he's all, well, we need to work some sense into mom. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> he's not like that at all, and he never has been. Well, maybe last season a little bit before he knew. Right. And, you know, Norma trusts Dylan. Right. You know, and she's impressed by She knows he makes good decisions. He had that office. In the, he had an office. In the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm excited for the next one. Me too. This is going to be the one that probably scores the higher scores. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, all right. Awesome. That will conclude the spoiler then, I guess. Hmm? Okay. Um, thanks for joining us for the spoiler section, which is so not very spoilery because it's really just speculation. <laughs> speculation on something that probably 95% of you watch. <laughs> the little trailer thing. Yep. So, no. all right, all right. We're gonna move on to Buffy and Angel. Yep.
Let me get my notebook. <laughs> All right. Bye. Chill your own ass. Chill your own ass. <laughs>